Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Slatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independent artists thinkers. Great to have you with us. Welcome back to Independent Artists and Thinkers. I'm so delighted um, to be back on the air. And today I've got an amazing, awesome, wonderful guest, which is Dr. Jane Eli. So uh, I'm going to do my greeting first and then talk about her bio, and then we'll start talking to Jane. I'm so happy to welcome everyone back to the show. I've had a hiatus for a few months, but I'll be back um, in full swing in the fall. So I hope you keep listening in on iTunes and Blueberry and Stitcher. And I've got a wonderful show for you today. And I'm so happy that so many people have been listening to the show live and in the archives and in the iTunes podcast channel. We're really getting some reach, and I'm really happy um, that people are listening. I created this show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures and the confines of the big established corporations and the established modes of thought. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. I'm interested in creativity, fresh ideas, unusual perspectives, and originality. And this show aims to bring you models of people who embody those qualities. So I, you know, someone was teasing me that this is the cool people show or people thinking cool thoughts. And please keep checking the Facebook page or the website, independentartistthinkers.com, to see who will be on the show. And as I said, um, we'll be back up um, in full force in the fall. Something I have been thinking about a lot, and that is this, that every spiritual act is an act of defiance in a materialistic world. Please do call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers. And the live chat is open now. Email me in between shows if you'd like to suggest a guest or have me ask questions for a particular guest. Um, and you can reach me at tracy at tracylslatin.com. And that's T-R-A-C-I at tracy, T-R-A-C-I-L like lion, slatin.com. So um, thanks for tuning in today. And we have a, a great interview with author and healer Dr. Jane Eli on navigating challenging times, soul lessons, and maturation. And 
So Dr. Jane Eli will talk about the time-space continuum we are presently traversing and what is arising for us as a species globally and in a maturation growth event. We will also discuss Dr. Jane Eli's book, Coming Into Balance, A Guide for Activating Your True Potential, which is now an audio book, which I'm really excited about. In the fall, she's offering a new program entitled On Being and Becoming, Healing and Growing the Soul. Dr. Jane Eli is a graduate of the Barbara Brennan School of Healing Science Training. She received her Doctor of Ministry in 2002 from the University of Creation Spirituality, founded by Matthew Fox. Dr. Eli has completed additional training in conflict partnership with international peacekeeper Dudley Weeks, Ph.D., death and dying training for professional caregivers, the Upaya Center, Dr. Joan Halifax, Lomi Lomi, which is a Hawaiian healing massage, and Ili Ili, which is hot stone, Ho'opono Pono Hawaiian practice for making peace, Dr. Makala Yates, psychodynamics therapy, the Center for Intentional Living, and she is certified in therapeutic hypnotherapy for past life regression and between life soul work by the Ravenheart Institute in Boulder, Colorado. Jane Eli is the co-founder and dean of the Peacemaker School, an international school dedicated to teaching peacemaking, energy medicine, and conflict partnership. So, Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tracy. So I'm really excited um, to talk about talk with you today, both about your book and the audio book, but also you and I had spoken before the show that you really wanted to talk about what's going on in the environment now and kind of the global larger picture and how our Earth is dying. So do you want to start with that? I, I really do, and not as a downer, but as um, an opportunity, um, because I see what is happening from a larger p- picture, and then I, I want to bring it in, you know, to each of us as individuals. And so in the course of our conversation, I'd like to look at, you know, the human species um, and the trends that we are seeing globally in our behaviors and then to bring that back to each of us as individuals so that we can be empowered and have um, you know a course of action that each of us can do because one of my primary beliefs that I have operated with my entire life is that uh, one person does make a difference to the larger collective to the larger whole or to the larger part of uh, contributing to our species. So um, I'll just dive in and feel free to ask me some questions along the way. Um, But I see what's happening um, globally as a maturation growth event, um, a moment for us as the human race, the human species, to actually um, awaken and evolve. And we are giving opportunity after opportunity in the political stage, um, in, do you know, what is happening in our education systems globally, um, and how we have been um, more childlike in allowing authority figures to um, make uh, decisions on our behalf that are actually counterproductive to our well-being and our growth. 
um, one of those um, decisions that has been uh, made and going on for a very, very long period of time is um, how we have been using the resources of our Mother the Earth. And in the using of the resources, um, kind of having that energy of greed and consumption. And so, um, you know, that is a finite resource. And um, part of what is happening that we're seeing globally is the polarity around uh, global warming, and we're seeing it in the scientific community, the political arena, um, in discussions, government to government, um, and you know, whole large governmental um, and nation to nation discussion as well. And um, if I go back to my book, Coming into Balance. Um, I look at the seven causes of illness, and I see that all of those causes of illness are in play at this time in our maturation growth event that we are uh, going through. I call this the juggernaut, <laughs> and by <laughs> that I mean that the, the juggernaut is its like this event that is moving, 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 moving at a very rapid pace now. Um, and it's been gathering speed and gathering speed. Um, and so this juggernaut event, and the juggernaut is like a vessel. It's a ship that is moving um, towards an event horizon. And we are in it. We're in that event horizon now. There's no turning back. And so um, in a maturation process, it's like an initiation, you know. You're kind of standing on the cliff, standing on the cliff, standing on the cliff, and then all of a sudden you realize you're in the air. That's the juggernaut event. And we are in the air. We are launched. Can I ask you, what what do you see happening? What is the outcome of this? And then can you also, two questions, can you contrast that with, with... a vision of what is our well-being and growth. What it, what is the contrast here between what can happen? What is the negative and what is the well-being part? Right. So I want to talk about um, the the stage that we are in right now, and the seven causes of illness, which are um, being enacted on a global level and also in each of us in our personal lives. So in the southern direction of the medicine wheel, there is fear in the west. There is unexpressed grief and sadness, unexplored and unprocessed. In the northern part, there are attachments, and by this I mean attachments to thought, attachments to old behaviors, and attachments to materialism and consumption. In the eastern part, there is unexpressed anger and rage and in the center of the medicine wheel there is this energy in the seven causes of illness of an inability to give and take to receive and to give in the above direction the cause of illness is spiritual arrogance and in the below direction there is the dishonoring of the earth 
So that is the stage, and that is the evolutionary process that we are in now. So the question for each of us and for our nations is, how are you growing your soul and your soul's life purpose on a daily basis? Each of us has a responsibility to be growing ourselves and actually being engaged and active in making a difference on a daily basis. Well, you're, and talking then, about, you're talking about psycho-spiritual work, and I, just, I find I meet a lot of people who don't even admit to the existence of the soul. And I believe, too, that um, in the maturation process that we are in, that there is a um, separation of consciousness in our species, in humanity, that has taken place. And that separation of understanding that we have a soul, that we have spirituality, and that we have spiritual life purpose in, and also free will and free choice in our growth and in our life on this earth, there has been a huge separation from that. And that actually began with our separation from the earth and our separation from being in connection with it. Everything we use must be replaced. If we consume, 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 we are running at a spiritual deficit, at a soul loss deficit. And so there is this huge split in the human species that um, it's almost as though, you know, I hate to say black and white world, but it's almost as though there are those who are into the consumption and they are running at a spiritual deficit. And then there are those who are um, actually being self-responsible, self-aware and doing the soul growth work. And, you know, for those who are doing the work, I'm seeing in this next year a whole breakthrough energetically for folks and um, new pathways opening up. But for those who are not, because we have free will and free choice on this earth, that is in itself a soul path that they have chosen, whether it is conscious or unconscious. Well, I in New York, I call a lot of these people who kind of consume, consume. New York and Washington, D.C., they consume, consume, and they have a lot of arrogance. I call them the masters of the universe because I think that's the way they think of themselves. Yes, and that's very short-sighted, and it's part of the um, death throes of the old paradigm that is happening. We can see it in our political situation um, where there is tremendous conflict and polarization and you know, lack of governance for the people, by the people, and of the people. Um, so you know, it's more an inferiority-superiority split that has taken place. You can look at the recent um, uh, health bill that has um, been 
bandied about. It's uh, not for the people, and it's not of the people, and it's not governing um, with the care. What it is, is it's all about money and, um, you know, uh, polarity. And uh, it really has nothing to do with health care. It has to do with who's got the power and how are they abusing it or using it. So it's right out there in our face. And this is part of the maturation growth event that we are in right now. You know, the United States of America is the richest country in the world. And it cannot govern appropriately to give its people the most basic things, which is a good education system and health care. It has chosen instead to go with the split, which is this soulless, mindless um, grabbing of greed and power uh, in order to uh, continue to dismantle this government. And the government is actually not governing, and it's been a lame duck since the beginning of this administration. And you can begin to see energetically um, that things are really falling apart. I believe that the falling apart is an evolutionary moment, and it is actually something that is very positive. Because when something is being dismantled, there is this whole dismemberment process. And it's a huge opportunity for people to um, stop being complacent and giving their power away and get out in the streets, which is what is happening globally as well and also in this country. People are voicing their concerns. They are being active. They are taking action and um, there is this huge opportunity for evolution revolution which has been an energy that has been building for the past four or five years Um, and um, you know starting with the Occupy movement and moving across the country but this whole event that is happening in our government is this opening for us, I don't see it as a particularly negative, although in the process there is a great deal of uh, potential for suffering and, um, and dismantling all around us. But there is this opportunity for us to really step in and mature as a species to take back our power and to actually renegotiate and recalibrate what is government. Do you know how can it actually serve the people? And in an organic process, things sometimes have to fall apart and go down all the way into the trough, the bottom of the trough, before there is a kind of a a still point and then an arising begins to happen and these things don't happen you know one cleanly and clearly it's happening continually there is a dismantling and arising simultaneously and I see that happening 
And so in terms of personal work, how we can really contribute to our own maturation process is to do our own work. And, well, let me, um, Jane, let me ask mm-hmm. you again, you know, what is maturation? What is our well-being and growth? What does it look like? How do you define it? What's the yeah, vision I we def- can hold up for our listeners? I, I see it as a coming of age. And um, I, you'll hear me use the word new paradigm. Um, it more as I see that more as a um, an environment that we are creating out of this old environment, which is a dissolute environment. And a coming of age is a maturation process. It's an initiation. Now, an initiation uh, can often be trial by fire. It can be a shape, the shake-up, what I call the shake-up wake-up tour. Do you know things have to be kind of shaken up and the pieces of the puzzle rearranged um, in order to come back into coherency? But in an initiation, there is often chaos, dismantling, dissolving, dismemberment, and disillusionment. This we are disillusioned. And so, um, do you know, that is part of the awakening process. And so we are in that. That's what I was talking about earlier, being, you know, in the juggernaut, going through this moment in time, that we are in a maturation growth event right now, which is a trial by fire. There is chaos all around us. There is dismantling. There is um, confusion. Um, And there is kind of this whole shaking up. And the question is, um, you know, what has meaning? What is a priority? How do we begin through this dismantling process, allow things to settle enough within ourselves and also in systems that we see breaking down? How do we allow that to settle and then begin to pick up the pieces of what is important? And part of that... Well, part of that what is important is a reshuffling of the deck, you know, a reshuffling of priorities to actually – go ahead. I was in um, – I was out and I met an old acquaintance from college, and he had become an attorney and a tax guy, and he was kind of at loose – he's kind of at loose ends in his life right now, and – um, I could tell he was really sad. And so I said to him, you know, why are you sad? What's going on for you? And he had some answers. And um, he finally said to me, I stopped doing tax law partly because I realized I was helping the 1% of the 1% make more money. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought that was really interesting because, you know, I thought he was in this moment of soul growth. Yes. yes. And, and I can tell you just from... People I meet in New York, you know, these ultra-wealthy people, they have no intention of shuffling the deck. And that's their choice. That's their free will and choice. 
However, the rest of the world is. And, you know, when you look at, um, you know, a new paradigm actually um, evolving and growing in our world, which it is, um, some uh, beings and uh, people who make certain choices for themselves um, get left behind. Um, if you know, I mean, I'll use the, the dinosaur in the Ice Age kind of um, picture. People are, and governments and uh, systems are not awake enough to recognize that they're at the end of an age and things will shift. We have something that is called quantum shift. When enough energy happens globally, a shift takes place, and it doesn't matter whether you're in with the program or not. It just happens, and it's an energetic. This whole you know, organic process that we're in is a coming-of-age process, and um, the reshuffling of the deck, the reshuffling of priorities is just happening, and it gets a collective energy field as it grows. So what does it look like on the other side? What are we going towards? What is what does maturation look like? What are some of the qualities, the concrete qualities of maturation? Yeah, maturation is really um an an energy in terms of a species energy, so for humanity, it would be looking at um what has meaning for everyone versus you know having um the the split the those who have and those who don't have so we can see that part of the maturation process is the tension of the opposites um through conflict and polarization and the truth is Every single being upon this earth is incomparably unique and deserving. And so, so part of see- the maturation process is um, asking the question of what are our priorities as a human species? And you see part of the of maturation that when we get to the other side, there's a a global sense of the distinctness and preciousness of every single being, the valuing of every single being. Not on how much money they make, but on the fact that they exist and they're worthy in and of their existence. Exactly. And they are also contributing. Each one of us is contributing in the way that we know how to contribute. And that that, too, is unique. So, um, do you know how I contribute and how my neighbor across the road contributes? Maybe two different things. But the piece of the maturation process is that we are consciously contributing. We are adding. We are actually adding. Personal self responsibility, then. Personal self responsibility that. Uh, when you're when a mature being has the sense of personal self responsibility towards contributing to the greater whole yes absolutely absolutely and what are and, some of the other qualities um 
having a, uh, I would say first and foremost, having a spiritual practice, knowing that we are humanity, are spiritual beings. We're not voracious consumers. And um, I know so many people who are bereft of a spiritual practice, and part of that has been kind of a reaction against organized business religion, um, but it has also been a replacement of uh, spiritual practice by consumerism and kind of losing the soul's root, losing the soul's ground. Uh, and so I would say that is also part of the maturation process, is looking um, more inward to do you know who am I? What are my spiritual beliefs? How am I connected? Am I connected with nature, with the earth, with this world, with humanity? What are my relationships like? And another part of the maturation growth event is cleaning up how our behavior affects not only ourselves, but our relationships, our relationship with those in our families, friends, work, world, um, government, and then our relationship more internally with um, the spiritual meaning of our life. That is very much part of the maturation event. Well, I love the spiritual meaning of our life. And on that note, I'm going to take, I'm going to pause just for 30 seconds for a commercial um, regarding my books because that's part of the spiritual meaning of my life. So, Jane, hang on for 30 seconds, okay? Thank you. Hold on. When you find an author you love, you read everything they publish. International best-selling author Tracy L. Slatton is one of those writers. Her book Immortal is a rags-to-riches-to-burnt-at-the-stake story of an orphan boy in Renaissance Florence. Broken is the story of a fallen angel in Nazi-occupied Paris and her award-winning romantic paranormal dystopian after-book series. Also, her bittersweet sci-fi romantic comedy The Love of My Other Life. Read one and you will be hooked. Find all of her books at TracyLSlatton.com. Jane, are you there? I am. Okay, so I think this is a good segue. Um, we can come back to these wonderful issues of the growth event we're in and the um, initiation and spiritual life purpose, but I wanted to talk a little bit about your book, Coming Into Balance, and um, which is going to be translated, is translated into French and will be published in French? Yes, it's going to be published um, in France um, and, uh, and the rest of Europe. Um, but it will come out in France in January 2018. And uh, also, so it will be published in Canada as well. Because there's so a exciting. huge French population there as well. And I'm really excited about the audiobook that we just did. And you spent hours editing. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Talk about a spiritual life purpose. <laughs> I know that it was quite something because, you know, we didn't record that in a sound studio. We did it in your office. And sometimes in the background there were birds chirping and I was trying to think, okay, how do I, do I mute the birds? Do I leave the birds? What do I do about the birds while Jane is talking about, you know, the east direction of the medicine wheel? 
So I, I listened well, that to is, Yeah, that was a real labor of love. And um, the audio book uh, is, for me, this um, kind of culmination of bringing voice and the power of voice, which is one of our great sensibilities that we have, the power of sound and the power of transmission, energetic transmission through our heart. Yeah, there's definitely an energy transmission in your voice because that was part of what I was grappling with when I was doing, you know, doing the audio editing is I would be listening and I would go into a trance state and get in that wonderful trance state, but then it's that's not conducive to editing. So I'd have to stop, come out of the trance state, and go back into it. And in some ways, there it was blissful, but it just took a long time for me to do the editing. Partly because that, and partly because I was using you know free audio editing. But it sounds pretty good. I think the audio sounds pretty good. And the energy of the book, you know, healing happens through energy, and so the transmission and keeping that transmissional quality, you know, through how you did edit um, my voice is really important because um, sometimes it doesn't matter, you know, if the mind is coming along and following the bouncing ball in a literal um, linear fashion. So if I'm talking about, you know, the seven causes of illness in the, the medicine wheel, it's more a transmission that energetically you get it and it bypasses the mind and it goes right in and it goes in at a deeper level. And also, do you know the healing aspects of how we can be self-responsible, the techniques, the skills that I offer in the book are also a kind of bypassing the mind through the audiobook. So it's really exciting. I've um, had a few people listen to it and give me their feedback, and one of them said, don't try this while driving a tractor. (laughs) (laughs) Don't use heavy equipment while you're listening to this book (laughs) because there is this transmissional quality to it that... um, really is healing and I'm so grateful that that came through Um, because you know healing happens on so many different levels and the mind is often the last to know our body felt sense gets the transmission our cells our central nervous system do you know them of which the mind is a part of our intuition, our hearts? Do you know there are so many ways that energetically a transmissional um, audiobook can open you to recognitions, revelations, and um, self reflection? And I find also with audiobooks, and I've listened to many in my life. Um, that it will come back to me, what I heard will come back to me at the at a different time, and it will just kind of bubble up inside me, and I'll get an aha or an insight. I've had that 
experience, you know, because I listened and listened and listened to the audio tapes as I was working with them to make them, you know, um, worthy of being sold. And uh, the mask work in Coming Into Balance, those chapters I find really helpful. And they'll come back to me, your words on masks, how to work with them, what they are, how to recognize them, was really useful to me. That is something that's come back to me a, a hundred times since working on the audio book. That's really great feedback because that goes back to uh, what I was talking about in terms of, you know, free will and free choice and um, kind of stepping in and being self-responsible. That is part of the maturation process, doing our own work in and around behavioral patterns that we have been enacting that we are perhaps unconscious or um, have been only barely conscious about. And um, the mask work in the book uh, gives plenty of opportunity and exercises um, to go in and look at and explore. Kind of, you know, part of a maturation process also is about getting curious. And when we get curious, there is an opening versus a closed system. We have open systems and closed systems. Open systems are are organic and have a potential and an opportunity to heal and grow. Closed systems are getting ready to atrophy. And mm. um, and actually a closed system ends up feeding on itself until there's nothing to feed on. And then it dies. And so we have this, and that goes back to the split we were talking about earlier in the first half of the program, Tracy, about this split between, uh, you know, conflict, inferiority, and superiority, this whole polarization, the haves and the have-nots. And so that's, you know, the haves um, who are not actually in self-responsible soul growth are actually in a closed system. Eventually that system will atrophy after having fed on it for fed on itself for a period of time, and it will die. An open mm. system is um, very often through discomfort and conflict, we awaken. I don't know, that's part of our human path, you know. Um, but we Why also does it have, have to be so painful? Why does awakening <laughs> have to be so painful? I was just going to say, it doesn't have to be painful. It I is, gonna though. Say, hey, God's sake, it hurts. Yes, <laughs> it does hurt. Yeah, and do you know through discomfort, discomfort is kind of the big awakener. And discomfort does not have to, do you know, be like push us to the wall in order to wake us up. We can wake up, we can free will, free choice. We have an opportunity to become conscious at any given moment where we get to say, aha, here it is again. This is the opportunity, and I'm going to stop, look, and listen to what is being played out here and give it some space. So well, through I like discomfort. What you said about, I like what you said about curiosity, and mm-hmm. I, that's, I guess, what I try to use, like going into the witness state, curiosity. Oh, I'm taking this as information. This has happened to me. I'm taking it as information. Isn't that interesting? Yes. 
Isn't that interesting? And then that then activates a whole cascade of neurotransmitters <laughs> and it, you know a whole cascade of energy in our physiology awakens and um, we start cracking open the egg isn't this interesting there it is again oh my behavior what i just said hmm that's reminiscent of and we become curious about our own behavior our behavior in relationship with others, we start to see, because we're opening, we're opening a system and we're getting curious and we're looking at it. We're not judging. We're simply discerning. And discernment is in the northern direction in the medicine wheel. In my book, I talk about discernment as being part of the maturation process versus self-judgment or judging others, which is a closed system and closes mm-hmm. things down. They're two very distinct things. But the maturation process is all about discerning, activating wisdom from past experience. You know, you, you know that old saying, um, Um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's, we could call this part of the maturation process when we're doing the same behavior over and over again. And then all of a sudden we say, you know, I've been beating my head against this stone wall for a while. Gee, why don't I try it differently? And then getting curious, well, how can I change my behavior? What do I need to look at within myself? And that's where the mask work in the book is really helpful. And when I designed the book, I designed it with this beautiful, open concept in the book where you can journal. The pages have huge spaces in them so that you can write your insights, your reflections, and really participate with the book. It's not just another one of those self-help books. This is a get in, roll up your sleeves, and do the damn work, you know? <laughs> and uh-huh. and so, um, you know, that also is part of the evolutionary moment that we're in right now. Um, that choice to roll up the sleeves and do the work and to actually change our behavior. Many people, when they come into private practice with me, come in with an intention which is to change, to change mm-hmm. their behavior. And, mm-hmm. you know, I help them with that. And at some point, always, at some point in our counseling work and our energy work, there is this crux moment where they want to change, but they don't want to do the work to change. Mm-hmm. And I always look for that I always look for that pivotal moment because when we reach that pivotal moment everything can break open Mm. and it's very exciting when the person do you know the individual says yes i can do this because i really want to go for the stretch i really want to go for this change because the the other choice is to stay stuck 
and to stay atrophied. Mm. People inherently want to be happy. It's a natural, organic process. We all want peace. We all want joy. We all want to be in loving, flowing relationships. We all want mutuality, give and take. Do you know, so humanity has this. And to a large extent, I think we have forgotten that. And we've forgotten it because we have disconnected in such profound ways. Our first disconnection was from the earth. And if you look historically over the thousands of years of our disconnection, energetically, we have just gotten more and more disconnected. Well, those of us who are choosing to do our work are, are back in connection, and it doesn't matter where on the continuum that you awaken. Do you know, last year at Vision Quest, the eldest elder that came to my Vision Quest was 81 years old. Oh, wow. And did she do powerful work. So it doesn't matter how old you are or when you decide to step in. The maturation process is there for you at any moment when you say yes to yourself, yes to your soul, and yes to the earth. What does it look like? What is the... What does the work look like, the personal work, that then affects the global, the larger collective? Yeah, the, the personal work or the individual work or the work of a country um, looks very much like exploration and um, acknowledging how a behavioral pattern has brought you to a certain moment. So you can kind of look back, and we all have history. You can begin to see how the threads of how we were taught, things we were modeled in the outer world as well as our inner world um, was modeled for us. Many people in our culture today we're not, you know, in and around our age range, we're not actually given um, a spiritual foundation. And I also mm-hmm. notice this in today's culture, that young people have no spiritual ground, none. Mm-hmm. Their spiritual ground is their iPhone. Um, and so this, the spiritual ground, having disconnected from the spiritual ground, has to be brought back. It's one of the essential forms of our evolutionary moment as a species. And so spiritual ground is as simple as planting a tree, connecting with the earth, being in the forest, going on a hike, putting your back to a rock, sitting, breathing, stopping the outer world opening your senses and your sensibilities to become expanded and connected with this incredible world that is all around us. And there are miracles happening everywhere. Mm. You know, when a flower opens. And so that's... That's beautiful. 
and that has saved many people and has become a spiritual process within that connection. You know, when you talk about the iPhone, this is a particularly seductive problem because when you open a new page in a web browser, you get a hit of dopamine in your brain. So our brains are being, you know, given this reward. So we're really fighting our own biology. I mean, the it, the makers of iPhones are very clever. You know, it's it's a very seductive thing. And I think putting down the iPhone, putting down the electronics and you know, sitting on a rock and looking at the sky is so important, but it's it's harder and harder for people to do. Um, yes, and I because was recently, I was at a party, a dinner party um, last fall. Um, some of the young models, one of the older models, did a party um, for um, Sabin Howard, the artist, for um, his World War One memorial, and. There were a number of millennials, you know, the kids in their 20s. And so I went around and I asked them, are are you religious? Are you spiritual? Tell me. And they were all like, meh. And they associate religion with what you called, I think, big corporate religion. Mm-hmm. But they also didn't have a big spiritual calling either. So mm-hmm. I, I worry a little bit about that generation, even though I like them. And then I also wanted to ask you about soul life lessons. Can you explain those and talk about how they're pertinent? Yeah, I want to address your um, the the dopamine you know with the um, iPhone uh, observation that you've made. Um, we are a, a culture that has become addicted, and um, addiction is a, a complete contrary energy conglomerate to spirituality, um, and so. You know that whole addictive thing where you open a new page and boom, you know, a drop of dopamine gets released on the brain. Um, and so, when we work with and deal with addiction, um, which I do also in my practice, I work with people who are coming through addiction and have made a choice to work with it. Um, what has happened to replace that addiction is an opening to a far greater understanding so that the the energy or the dopamine or the feeling uh, good, feeling movement comes through redirecting that addiction into a different place, which is more organic, more healing, more conscious and more self-responsible. So I just wanted to speak to that. Can you ask me your question again? Oh, soul life lessons. What are they? How are they pertinent? Can you talk about them? Yeah, um, soul life lessons. Uh, we're, we're in a big one right now <laughs> We're as a species, which is are we going to um, pull together? Are we going to uh, become cohesive and work for the greater good of all in a sense of wholeness? Um, Or are we going to allow ourselves to go down the tubes? And by um, continuing the behaviors that we have, the destructive behaviors that are in play at this moment, this is a huge soul life lesson. 
It's just as simple as that. And um, so on an individual level, uh, soul life lessons come up as behavioral patterns that happen over and over again until we decide to awaken to them, until we uh, move into them. Or a soul life lesson can come with um, a death of a loved one, you know, such as the death of a child. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, you know, your world has turned upside down. Um, a soul life lesson can come through trauma, through drama, and often does. And mm-hmm. how these soul life lessons come to us um, are, you know, very unique for each individual. But as a species, we can see it as a... Um, you know, a larger trend or a and larger... what are we supposed to learn? What are we supposed to learn from our soul life lessons? They're called lessons. What are we supposed to learn? How do we pass well, what, the lessons? Mm-hmm. What is a lesson? A lesson is an opportunity to inquire, to explore, to get curious, and to learn. That's what soul life lessons are to actually take that time, to invest the time in yourself as an individual to learn something so that your soul actually grows. When we go through a soul life lesson and we complete a soul life lesson, there is an enormous soul growth and there is a huge expansion and we live larger. We live with more ease, with more grace, more consciousness, and we are infinitely more engaged. In other words, more love. Tremend- more love, more pleasure, more joy. And that's worth going for. Versus, yes. you know, <laughs> being in a pattern that just keeps repeating itself over and over again until we get really bored of it or scared. Mm-hmm. We get scared. Do you know, fear is a big awakener. And we say jeepers or anger, you know, you, we get angry or defensive and we say jeepers, I, you know, I don't want to live in defense for the rest of my life. I deserve something better. <laughs> so yeah. how can I get there, right? How can I get there? It means unraveling and following that thread back to find out what the core cause is. And when we go to the core, there is an opening. And it's energetic, Tracy. It goes, Mm -hmm. there is just this poof, this opening and insight. And then this ripple or this wave moves through us and we have changed. We've got about five five minutes left. Um, Are Mm -hmm. there anything, you know, some important points you want to cover either related to the soul life lessons or navigating the challenging times, anything people should, listeners should take with them? Yeah, I, I really feel that um, we all need to listen to not only ourselves, but we need to listen and take space and time every day to stop, to create space 
to open um, a level of inquiry within ourselves, a, a line of inquiry whereby we can uh, become curious. I feel like this is one of the biggest ways through this maturation process that we're in, this initiation that we're in. And to really, I call it stop, look, and listen. Remember how you were taught that as a kid? Before you yep. go across the street, you stop, mm-hmm. you look both ways. <laughs> you take a moment, you listen, and then you cross the road. Well, the stop, look, listen, I think is one of the, the skills I'd love your listeners to walk away with as a reminder for um, being able to navigate because when we stop and we breathe we're opening a space for truth and insight to come through and it's Mm. not coming from our mind we're resting for a moment we're stopping the relentless you know hurtle through space to get things done and we're really expanding our awareness and when we look we're in our observer mode or our witness mode and we're we're observing without judgment we're kind of detached i call it engaged detachment we're observing ourselves and others and we're saying hmm that's interesting and then when we open to that third part of ourself, it's the listening. It's our wisdom self. It's our soul, our spirit. Mm. And when we allow the space and time, just slow things down to listen, our higher self comes chiming through with some crystal clear insights. And so I feel that's a real key for all of us right now, the stop, look, and listen in no matter. We only have a few minutes left, like two minutes. So can you tell listeners where they can find out more about you, where they can find your books and so forth? Sure. So um, my book is um, published by Parvati Press, and it's available through Barnes & Noble. And it's also available at Amazon.com. And my book's title is Coming Into Balance, A Guide for Activating Your True Potential. And the audiobook is also available on Amazon. Um, so you can find it by uh, just typing in the title of the book and then slash audio and it will pop up. And... Um, what else? My uh, my website is um, up and running, and it's www. I'll spell it first, and then say it: d r j a n e e l y. dot n e t. It's Dr. Jane Eli. dot net, and it's all one word, lowercase. And it's Jane, a dot thank you. net. Jane, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really grateful. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you many, soon. Many blessings to you. Many blessings. Bye bye. So that 
that was the amazing Dr. Jane Eli. I hope you get her book and listen to the audio book and do the work and stop, look, and listen. Till next time. <laughs>